Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. We want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Coming to you this week from an undisclosed location in northern Louisiana. Uh, coming to you from the main place, which mm-hmm. is the home place of some dear friends of ours, Roger and Jan Smith. You might have seen their names in the front of Love, Honor, and Virtue, which is dedicated to them. That's right. We are having such a good time. The kids have been riding ATVs and horseback riding and mm. the swimming. They're, they're having a blast. Well, they're, they're, we're on a return trip from the Arizona Homeschool Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. AFHE. AFHE. Fantastic event. Fantastic people that organize it. Fantastic people that fill the halls up. We had a great weekend. And now it's a long drive back. And, you know, we, we drive all over the country because we really do want to keep our family together as much as possible, not just fly in and out like jet setters, but to say, hey, this is a ministry that involves everyone, down to the youngest member. And well, that was our commitment when we first started out. That's, that's right. We said we are not going to lose our kids trying to teach other people how to raise theirs. That would be too ironic. Well, we already, and yeah, we had small kids as well as adults when we started this. Well, our youngest has basically grown up on the road with us. And she that's, has. She, that's just what our family does. You know, the fun thing, though, is that our older kids have such happy memories that lots of times our adult kids choose to travel with us when they're free. Mm-hmm. Like this trip, we had... Um, One of our sons who's in college and one of our sons who is married and has a baby and is in graduate school. And they all, whole family came with us. So we we, camped our way across the Southwest and we're on our way back. It's fun. We camped the other night next to Saguaro National Monument. Mm -hmm. Those cactuses with the arms. I love those things, Al. And saw an actual roadrunner. We did. No kidding. We saw an actual roadrunner. Crossing the road, yes. So, guys, so, did you know that those cactuses like have to be over 70 years old to grow an arm? Yeah, it takes them like 10 years to grow the first couple of inches. It's amazing. They, they, they're very slow growing. And they're way bigger than you think. Like, they can be five or six stories tall. Yeah, they're, they're, they're huge. So, anyway, so, yeah, we, we camped there. We've camped in, uh, where all have we camped? Texas, uh, three nights in Arizona. Kansas. Yes. Two nights in Texas, one night in Kansas. Yeah, all over It was still too humid in Kansas. It but, was. But uh, it's not humid in Phoenix. It's not humid in Saguaro National Monument. It was still hot there, though. It oh, was my hot. word. It was really but hot. But it was dry heat. That's what they tell us, it right? It was still hot. Yeah, it's like the oven. The oven is dry heat. Right. Yeah, and okay, I don't so. want to camp in the oven either. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but we're on our way back. On our way back to the right. to the moderate climbs of the Carolinas. Actually, and we are on our way back to our writing retreat. We're about to start our next book. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten lots of ideas. If you have ideas, man, I wish they'd write about this. Send them to us. Well, we've got, we, we picked up two ideas just on this trip. We did. In addition to the ones we already had in the pipeline. So, uh, we are... Our ears are open like greedy sharks to catch the tunings of a voice divine, is as the what, poet said. Uh, Yates, I believe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. It's horrible. Yes. An it, early effort, I think. Yeah, that's right. And some things just aren't forgivable. But yes. um, we will be glad to hear from you. Um, any rate, we want to talk about the upcoming school year. And some of you are saying, Boo, it's still summer. Don't talk about school. But, uh, that's me. Yeah. Hell, it is still summer. We never start school back. Well, why do you want to talk about it now, then? Well, because other people are talking about it. And okay. I, and I want to give them some help and give them some relief. Some and encouragement. Some freedom and some liberty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the school year is starting out, and it is important to plan. Because if you don't plan, 
you probably won't get anything done. Uh, somebody said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll likely end up somewhere else. Well, and there are years I have not planned well. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, okay, you do not need to plan every day. You um, may not even need mm-hmm. to plan every week. But you need to have an idea of what you're doing and how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And that can be as simple as these are the subjects that we want to study. These are the materials we're going to use. Mm-hmm. Let me figure out how much we need to do each week to get through it in a year. You know what? Some people thrive on trying to have a minute-by-minute type of schedule. That's never been our style. No. But you know what? If you start at the top and say, what subjects are we going to study? Now, how long is it going to take us by weeks to get that done? You can stop at whatever level of granularity you want to. Well, for many years, what mm-hmm. I did is I would break it down how much we need to do each week in each subject. And I had four sheets for school year with a quarter on each school year. Right. And I would break down how much we needed to do each week. I'd plan eight weeks out of the quarter and leave one week blank for catching up. That makes sense. And then, but I wouldn't plan what we do each day until like the week before. And that would allow you to, to accommodate things like dentist visits or unexpected field trips or somebody, got the, coming somebody or, got the flu. You, you have more flexibility that way. And flexibility is really the key. You know, I don't plan that precisely anymore, but then I begin, I've been homeschooling for 25 years. And so I know better how much we need to do to get things done. I think it's a little, in some ways, it's a little bit like being a parent. That the first one, you go to such detail and so you're so careful with that first baby. But by the third or fourth, you've got, you've got the hang of this and you don't have to, you know, plan every moment and every second of the day but to, to get done what needs to be done because you know what's important. Well, I, you just hit something really, you hit a point there that we need to talk about. Yeah. You know what's important. Okay. One thing that I found is if you don't plan to include the things that are really important to you, mm-hmm. they won't happen. I saw some. I saw an illustration. They were talking about planning your work day. You know, it wasn't about school per se, but they uh, they took like a, a a gallon jug and they gave the person that came up on stage. They gave them bowls of rocks, and they had big rocks and small rocks, and they had sand, and they said, you know. Can you, how much of this can you get into this jar? And if they did it just randomly in, in any old order, there was always stuff left over. But what they figured out was you got to put the big rocks in first, and then you fit the smaller rocks around the big rocks, and then you pour the sand in to fill in the gaps. And that's kind of a good analogy for any sort of planning because the biggest, most important things, you have to keep those in first, and then you'll see, well, how much space do I have for other stuff? Well, and I think it's important to realize that homeschooling is spiritual warfare. Right. And your enemy will try to get you off track. What is the most important thing? You know, we need to to stop and think, why are we even homeschooling? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It tells us that in Proverbs, not once but twice. So if we're not having devotions, if we're not spending time in the Word with our kids, mm -hmm. We're probably not accomplishing the most important part of homeschooling because y'all, the most important part of homeschooling is discipleship. Now that's mm-hmm. not what panics you. You panic about, oh, I better choose the right math curriculum or I'm going to ruin my child's life. Right. Or how am I going to do a transcript? You know, we we absolutely freak out over things like transcripts. 
So I got a message from somebody just the other day, freaked out about how to do the transcript. But you can put together a transcript in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Discipleship takes day after day after day after day for a lifetime. And here's a hint. We're responsible to do that no matter who's teaching the phonics. Right. You know what? If you put them on the big yellow bus every morning, you're still responsible for discipling the child that God's given you. And, and that's one of the biggest advantages. And more and more as we've gone through this now for how many years? 25 many years. Many years. Yeah. 25 years since our old, oldest started formal mm-hmm. education. You know, the more we have worked through this, the more I've come to appreciate that ultimately this is about discipleship and spending the time to build into your child's life. And the homeschooling is almost secondary. It's now, like see when how people said that how when I was a young homeschooler, I thought, I thought they're copping out. They're copying out and giving their child an excellent education. No, no, no. You got to give your kid a good education. But let me tell you something: when mm-hmm. your kids leave home, you're going to care a whole lot more about their relationship with the Lord than did they have a gap in somewhere in science. And when you take on home education, you're saying, hello, school system, I'm going to reclaim 35 hours a week of my child's life. And some of that time I'm going to spend teaching spelling and history and algebra. But I'm not going to take as many hours as you will, school system. And I'll be there in the moments when they have a question, when they have a fear, when they have a doubt. I'm going to be there to hear that and to give them a godly response, to to help them work through these things in their lives. And that really is what you're doing. By by taking on the responsibility for the stuff that the school system offers to do, you are really regaining the opportunities to do what only you are responsible for. That's the truth. So let's talk about the big rocks. Okay, biggest rocks. The biggest Mm -hmm. rock is character, discipleship, teaching them the knowledge of the Lord, spending time in the Word together. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest rock. If you don't do that, That's what you'll really regret when they leave home. And here's a hint. You know, it's important to spend some structured time, you know, studying and learning, learning passages of scripture and applying it and the rest of that. But the most effective discipleship is to live it consistently and intentionally with explanations. Right there alongside them. Right there. So you you need to be not, not, not just buying a Bible curriculum and doing your, your daily checkoff, but rather to say, we are walking as a Christian family together. Now, we're going to spend a little bit of structured time, but honest to goodness, the important thing is we are living our faith day by day, moment by moment, in front of our kids, and just like Jesus did with the disciples, explaining it as we go. So, biggest rock, mm-hmm. spend time in the word, focusing mm-hmm. on character, right. and don't resent it when character takes away from your school time, when you need to spend some time disciplining discipling, counseling, okay? Right. The other big rocks are the tools of learning. The fundamental things, the 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 biggest foundational things, which are, of course... Reading. Reading. Math. Writing. Mm-hmm. In that order. Mm-hmm. Because if they can do those things, they can teach themselves just about anything. And so mm-hmm. they need the tools of learning. And that means reading. Right. And if you have a child who's struggling with reading, mm-hmm. you know, back off and give them some extra time until they get to be about eight. If they're eight and they're, and they're still struggling with reading, then it's time to look at small alternatives. And you can go out on our site 
and click shop and struggling learners and there's lots of information to help out there the stuff that we got help with and for our new listeners our site is raisingrealmen.com raisingrealmen.com so okay so the reading math is a critically important big rock well all right think about the other things that you don't mention science what is science based on reading and math okay right. what's history based on reading yes you know what is uh, all the other subjects are based on those fundamentals. They're depending on those. And writing is there so that you can communicate and process what you've learned through the reading and the math. Yes. Although don't expect your little boys to be fans of writing or even to need to do a whole lot of writing. You know, because small motor skills develop later in boys than they do in girls. Right. And it's perfectly all right to do a lot of your work orally in the early years, mm -hmm. recognizing that they're going to get a lot more ability as they get to be fourth, fifth grade. They have a lot more ability to write. Right. In the high school, you're going to be doing everything in high school yeah. eventually. But, yeah, don't fret over them when they're first, second, third graders. That's a, that's a ramping up time for everybody, and especially for the boys. Well, and, you know, teaching them to love learning, history, science, art, music, those are things that spark our kids' imagination and encourage them to love learning. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that, you know, they get running after learning. Right. And so you got you you picked out your subjects. What do you do? Well, you you look at the book, and you see how long is it? How much time is it going to take? And and that's okay. Here's a radical thought because people don't naturally do it. Go ahead and read the introduction, read the note to the teacher because sometimes <laughs> they'll explain it. We were talking with somebody who's written a really nifty curriculum, fantastic curriculum. Wish we had it when our kids were that age. And she said, you know, people pick it up, and they said. Well, how does this work? What is it? You know, all the instructions are right there, but they don't read them. You know, they just pick it up and they expect it, you know, to talk to them or something. So read the instructions and see how does this work? What's it going to take for the teacher to make this happen? And you'll probably find it's a lot easier if you follow their design. And then adapt it. Then adapt it. Because I know for years with our older kids, we use Saxon math, and they had a test like every fourth or fifth lesson, mm -hmm. which was not really necessary and lots and lots and lots of exercises yeah and i found that you know our children loved math more and i knew just as well how much they understood it what they were doing when we didn't do the test or only maybe did a few per year and when i um oh this would have horrified the young homeschool me mm -hmm. when i let them do maybe the odds or the evens mm -hmm. or if we're trying to catch up and we're doing two lessons a day, to let them do the written part for one lesson. And you know what? Our younger children have done just as well as our older ones. Now, about this time, you're thinking, I'm not listening to this. These people don't care about academics. Y'all, we care so much. We, we do, but we have some experience in finding out yeah. where, you know, because a lot of these materials are made for classroom use. Bless them. I'm glad that their classrooms using Saxon And now, they're assuming that the teacher is assigning work not just doing all the work with all the children. Well, they're assuming that the teacher is looking around saying, Bobby over there is ahead of the curve. I'm going to give him extra work to keep him busy and quiet. And Jimmy over here, another part, is going to need lots more hands-on and, and help from me. So I need I need to keep the other kids occupied while I'm doing the intensive work with, with that part of our bell curve. And now, so there's a lot of stuff that you don't deal with in a homeschool classroom. Well, I've got to say this. Mm -hmm. 
we've graduated five kids. They've all been offered academic scholarships to college. Right. We care a lot about academics, but I'm finding as I get older that I can use my judgment more. Mm-hmm. When I was afraid, to, I was afraid to when I was young. I was so scared that they didn't do every problem. They wouldn't be good at math. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. And math is one of those things, well, just like reading, that they do get better with practice, but there comes a point where more drill of the same facts is not improving their knowledge because they already get it. And it, it takes away from their interest in it. Right, because then it becomes busy work. And so you and know your child. kills the love of learning dead. You know your child. You are the teacher. You look at that child. You know, does she get this? Yeah, she's got it. Then let's move on. You know what? Speaking of moving on, we need to have a moment to thank our sponsor. Okay, so stick around. We're going to talk some more about planning for your school year after this message. One of the ways that you prepare your kids for adulthood is by teaching them to manage money. They have a real emphasis at the Evangelical Christian Credit Union of, of starting young, of teaching your young people how to how to manage money, how to think of money and, and budgeting and saving and, and spending responsibly. Um, well, and yeah, I, I remember our kids saving for big things that they wanted. Right. You know, saving for a car, saving for... You, know, you remember when Matt bought his first car and he was so proud of himself that he was able to do that. Yep. And you know, I remember him just putting that money away in his bank account, watching it grow mm-hmm. and getting so excited over it. And you can let your kids do that too. They've mm-hmm. got these cool bank accounts called Start Young Banking Accounts yes. at ECCU. It's just set up to help you walk your children into fiscal responsibility because you can monitor what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You, as they're more skilled, you give them more independence and more trust. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it's a gradual learning experience. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get more information about this, uh, yes. What's the link they gave us for that? Okay, go to eccu.org slash uh-huh. real. R-E-A-L. Like raising real men, okay? Right. And so check it out. They've got a lot of cool things. You're going to love it. Okay, so we are here in the middle of our summer vacation thinking about the school year coming up and talking about planning and how to go about how things that we found that worked for us. Um, if you are academically inclined, if you are somebody who's really interested in doing all the schoolwork, and yet you're also somebody who has a large family, who has a family business, you've got things that compete for your time, what's really most necessary? Okay, now you, you hit on something else there I want to mention how. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to accept this, but this is truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen up, folks. Mm-hmm. God's curriculum is often different than ours. Mic drop. Mic drop. Boom. That Boom. is that, that. Well, that's that's true because we have seen that several times when God overruled our plans in several great times, big, like all the time. Now, in a huge, big, dramatic way, like for example, um, you had plans. Well, okay, here's an easy one. We had plans one year. We're all going to study Spanish as a family after Christmas. And during well, we the Christmas studying, break. We were studying it leading up to Christmas. And during the Christmas break, suddenly a door opened for us to take the entire family to China. So okay, I so dropped the American history we were doing. We dropped, I dropped the Spanish. The Spanish. 
And we studied Chinese language and Chinese history. That's right. We did an intensive, like a three-month unit study of Chinese language and culture. And and it was great. And it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was not what we planned back in September. No, it wasn't. Not a bit. Or things like... Or like, like I remember the time that I was doing AP classes with mm -hmm. one of our high schoolers. Right. And the baby... And I had... We had a baby born. Mm Mm-hmm. And she got... And her it became obvious she had a heart condition. Right. She was hospitalized in ICU for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yep. I wasn't able to teach. I suffered pangs of guilt. I felt so terrible because the, this particular son had um, was not known for being a self-starter. Um, no. <laughs> no, he had to be no. dragged through everything. Yeah. And when I got home, I remember sitting down with him and saying, Son, I need you to be super honest with me. I need you to tell me exactly where you are. And we've got three weeks before the AP exam. It's advanced placement. It's a high school thing for those who aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. That you can, it's optional that you can do for them to get college credit for right. the high school work. Mm-hmm. So we've got three weeks before then. I will work my behind off. I'm going to put aside the other kids for that, those three weeks, their work, and I will work with you and help you get, get there. But I need you to be honest. I know. You're way behind because I've been in the hospital with the baby for like five weeks. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and said, Mom, I'm done. And I said, you're what? I said, don't lie to me. He said, no, really, I'm done. I figured I didn't know when or if you were going to be free to come home and teach me. And we can't put off that test. I figured if, it, if I was going to get that credit, I better do it myself. And so y'all hear me. Mm-hmm. I thought that this trial taking me away from my homeschool for that time was a bad going to be a bad thing for him. But God meant it for good because it made him grow up. Well, we saw that with several of our kids as we had some, some major health crises during the past 10 or 15 years. And we saw that with several of them that particularly the teenagers got serious and stepped up and took responsibility and, and realized, Hey, this is, this is no longer a contest between my will to goof off and my parents' will to make me do my schoolwork, but rather this is preparation for my life. And if I want to get the benefit of it, I'm going to have to work and get it out myself because mom and dad are distracted or sick or whatever. And, you know, that was how God was building character in our young people, even as he was building faith in us through the trial. Also, you know, sometimes now that, and that when the schoolwork got done, sometimes the Lord intervenes when the schoolwork doesn't get done. You know, sometimes the Lord intervenes and the schoolwork doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. You know, I can think of times that something in our ministry intervened or that someone's sickness intervened and the schoolwork didn't get done. And I would grieve because I I feel like a failure Mm -hmm. until I saw the good fruit in our kids' character that came from learning that you take care of your family. Learning mm-hmm. that there are other priorities other than school. That our kids learn about business. They learn about ministry. They learn about compassion and caring for your family. And they learn lessons that you can't learn from a workbook, Hal. And a lot of those lessons we would not sign up for willingly. No. We wouldn't say, come on, let's go have a let's go have a bout of cancer because it's good for our family's life. No, it's not. I mean, well, not in our plan. That's not certainly not something we sign up for. But when God sends it, it comes from a loving father with purpose behind it. 
And yeah, we get bowled over by it. It's a crisis. And yet we can trust that God has a purpose in mind and that his will is going to be done. And ultimately it's going to be for our good and for the good of his kingdom. And, and we've seen that over and over and over. So Absolutely. So and I so, think a key there is make your plans, but with humility and with flexibility. Flexibility. Mm-hmm. That it's you can and should grasp unusual opportunities. If you mm-hmm. have some work schoolwork planned and you're behind mm-hmm. and you find out that a speaker that would be bless your kids' lives is coming to town. Right. Drop the workbook mm-hmm. and go out the door. Yes. You know, if you find out that there's an opportunity, dad's got a business trip to a different part of the country. I've never been. <laughs> and he has the opportunity to drive and take you. Get in the car and go take advantage mm-hmm. of those opportunities and don't feel guilty about the missed because you know, the, the thing is I hear mom saying, I'm, I'm so scared. I'll leave a gap. Y'all, we all have gaps. You can lead a horse to mm-hmm. water, but you can't make him drink. I have sat in classes where I didn't hear a thing for weeks at a time. I'm sure you well, did too. Well, how many people had music lessons for years and years and years and it never took? That would be me. You know what? It Yeah, but just recognizing that if it's important, your child is going to encounter it again or they'll pick it up on their own. At least you've made the effort. You've you've put the, you put the hay down where the horse could get it. And if the horse was distracted or whatever... It is not the end of the world. And, and you know what? It's convenient to think in terms of school years, but you don't have to. You know what? If you finish a book early, you can you can close that subject for the rest of the year, or you can start the next year's subject, whatever seems to work the best. You well, know? Depends, and, yeah. and if it And if it needs to roll over a month or two into the next school year, so what? I can remember a couple of times we actually finished the previous school year at the end of September. You know what we did fine. <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we have kind of an unusual unusual schedule now because we have we're on the road so many months out of the year, and especially it's intense in the spring. Right. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Traditionally, we have made up for that in the summer, doing work in the summer, but now we've got little girls. And how? They mm-hmm. finished your schoolwork before we went on the road. They just doubled up. Weirdest thing. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. That never occurred to the boys. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, your boys may be different. Your girls may be different. Right. But is, you know, it depends on your personality and your kid's personality and your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to finish early and sometimes you're going to finish late. And who cares? You know, it's important to remember, too, that your curriculum is your servant. It is not your master. Yes. And, and a curriculum, a program is a great thing. And this is true for so many educational programs. They're a great thing if they are used with your liberty in mind to say, hey, this is good, but we're going to make some changes or we're going to pause this for a while or we're going to change in the midway. Don't be afraid to do that. I was so scared to do that at first time. I, I remember doing this and thinking, this is stupid. We already know this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, but... But if it weren't important, they wouldn't put it on here. Look. No, that's not necessarily that's true. That's not necessarily we true. We found that. Yeah. They had to fill up 40 weeks. They're going to fill up one way or another. Right. So, y'all, don't be afraid to change it, to alter it, to suit your family, to do things differently, to move faster, to move slower. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times modern homeschoolers, today's homeschoolers, 
are going back to Egypt in some ways, Hal. They're right. so scared to be different. They're doing what everybody else does. And they're so afraid that they're going to make a mistake, that they're doing it in a very lockstep, legalistic way. Mm-hmm. But y'all, enjoy the freedom of homeschooling, the liberty of homeschooling. You know, I think it's important to remember that, say, in the 1800s, it was considered part of a well-rounded education to spend significant time traveling. Yes. Like maybe two years at the end of high school, the college experience, to spend two years just traveling, traveling all over Western Europe, traveling to China or the Orient or whatever, to kind of see the culture and to, to get more of a world outlook on things. Now, we're not saying you should plan to do international travel as part of your schooling. That's great if you can do it. But the point being, there was an understanding that it didn't all happen in the classroom, that there was a lot to be gained from experiencing life outside of your schoolroom, whether it's in a bricks-and-mortar institution or in your suburban household. Yes. Getting outside and seeing nature, enjoying culture, listening to new things, experiencing new things, beyond just the printed word and we love the printed word but to say hey there's a lot to education that doesn't fit into a curriculum box and so you shouldn't let your your scheduling and your curriculum programs dictate the education that your child is going to receive they're not your boss no no no. they are tools but you're the boss and when you really grasp that it's really fun Mm -hmm. when you realize you know what why should I go over this again? This child gets this. Let's go outside. Mm-hmm. Let's go outside and read some good books. Mm-hmm. Let's go outside and start a garden. Let's go swimming. You know, let's experience life and give our kids that well-rounded mm-hmm. joy in learning. You know, the Psalms say that, that the Lord has done wonderful works and that the wise man delights to study them. You know, that there is a there is a wealth of information out there to be gained just from contemplating God's creation and just recognizing his handiwork all around us, you know, again and again and again. Just to say, look, the curriculum is part of the education. It is not the education itself. The education is much bigger than any curriculum, any pile of curriculum, any hall full of curriculum. Your education is so much larger than any of that. Don't let the, the small tools be the thing that dictates your thinking. And so, mm-hmm. plan. Plan. Plan well. Plan carefully. Mm-hmm. But be flexible and have humility. One thing, though, I want you to plan. Yes. Is plan to join us November 8th through 10th mm-hmm. at our at our marriage retreat. It's mm-hmm. going to be at Bon Clarkin, just 45 minutes south of Asheville this year. Asheville, North Carolina, Asheville, North beautiful Carolina. Western North Carolina in the fall. It's going to be gorgeous. More than that, though, it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be informative. It's going to give you a chance to reconnect as a couple. Mm-hmm. So head out to RaisingRealMen.com mm-hmm. slash Come Away Fall. Mm-hmm. And it's Come Away Weekend. We would love to have you join us. Mm-hmm. We want to thank our sponsor again. Right. And we will see you guys next week. Folks, we appreciate you joining us and hope that you'll join us again next time as we talk about applying biblical principles to the 21st century family. And until our next episode, I'm Hal. I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. 
You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.